Hi, I'm Robin Birkin and welcome to the Fertility Warriors podcast, a place for women struggling to conceive to find emotional support, conception advice and real talk. To me, being a warrior means true glory is in rising every time we fall, having the courage to be afraid and being ready for whatever challenges cross our path. So welcome warrior, you're on your way. I promise to support and guide you on every single episode. Let's begin. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fertility Warriors. I'm so happy to have you all here and I'm particularly happy to introduce our next guest and I cannot believe like I I mean I think I've talked about it in conversation in podcasts before but I cannot believe that I have not done a dedicated episode to this because it's a thing like I'm sure that if you anyone out there has gone through infertility and trying to conceive you know that loneliness is a thing you know that there's so much social isolation you know that people just don't get it and I'm here today talking to Kristen Hodgden from the Fertility Tribe I'm sure that so many of you are following her already on her Instagram if you're not go and do it and the Fertility Tribe publishes like two to three articles a week so there is so much information there but Community makes a huge difference on your journey. And that's what we're here to talk to Kristen about. I'm so happy to welcome you here today. And I can't believe that it's taken us so long to have this chat. Thank you so much for having me. I'm particularly honored, as I think I told you when we first um, met and spoke on the phone, that your podcast was the first one I discovered back when I was going through my own infertility journey. And at that point, I wasn't in touch with the infertility community on Instagram, and I really didn't have a lot of support from anyone in my life that had gone through it. So it was a a light in the darkness for me. <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and it's a thing, isn't it? So like, especially when we were trying to conceive, there's a lot more support out there which is fantastic but and it's almost like as well when you start that journey you have to go out and find that for yourself can you talk us through what your journey was like when you started trying to conceive and how that looked for you absolutely so I always say I was sort of thrust into the world of fertility treatments before my mind could catch up I actually wasn't even actively trying to conceive when I first went to the fertility clinic. Um, I, what happened was after my husband and I got married, we knew we wanted to start a family and we, I went off the birth control pill after 11 years thinking, I just want to flush the hormones out of my system. I'd always had irregular periods as a teenager. And so I wanted to kind of regulate my cycle and get my body back to quote unquote normal before we really started trying. Fast forward a couple of months after going off the pill, I never got my menstrual cycle back. Mm. Went to my OBGYN and she ran some diagnostic tests and diagnosed me with PCOS, um, which stands for polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, and for those of you who don't know what that is, it's a hormonal disorder that affects one in 10 women in the United States. Um, and is one of the leading causes of infertility. So that kind of put me in this place of panic because I 
was only 27 at the time and trying to conceive was just beginning to be on my radar but then I all of a sudden felt against the clock because I had no idea what PCOS meant how long it was going to take us to conceive what it would take I had so many questions and my OBGYN actually said she couldn't even help me at her office she had to send me straight to the fertility clinic so it was just this crazy moment of you know oh crap I have to it's not going to go how I thought it was going to go right off the bat when you first went to see your OBGYN because you weren't getting a period did you have that in the back of your mind like mess she's gonna be like oh yeah that's just what it happens it's just gonna take a bit longer or were you like uh this is it is weird <laughs> believe it or not I actually always had an inkling that I was going to have trouble I think that's why I went off the pill when I did I was in high school when I originally had irregular cycles and they just put me on the pill they said oh it's probably mm. because you're an athlete you work out a lot you probably have amenorrhea from all the physical activity and they kind of just slapped a band-aid on it put me on the pill fast forward 11 years later I don't even know what my body is when I'm off of the pill so I kind of mm. just wanted to but always in the back of my mind, I, I thought, you know, I never, it never sat well with me that I just didn't get a cycle. I, you know, it, so I just suspected that it was going to be harder for me than I thought. And then when she confirmed that for me, it was very sobering. And I hate how they brush off amenorrhea, like, oh, it's no problem. Well, actually, if it was amenorrhea as a result of overexercising, then maybe that's something that we need to look at and address as a society as we talk about, you know, get your period, don't get your period, wear a condom, blah, blah, blah. But then no one really talks about menstrual wellness, I guess, almost as a term. And so I used to get really painful periods and it was like, oh yeah, just go on the pill, you know, easy peasy, don't even worry about it. And so there's so much that we need to do as a society at an earlier stage to really, I think, educate girls a bit more. So then you found yourself thrust into a fertility clinic and would you say shell-shocked was accurate? Yeah, or? I, and you know what? I, I really resent my first fertility doctor too because she sort of said to me right off the bat, you're 27, you're young, your only problem is ovulation. We're just going to give you some Clomid and it's going to help you ovulate and you'll be pregnant in no time. And I think from the very beginning that set me up to have unrealistic expectations because every failed cycle, it wasn't just a failed cycle. It was a failed cycle after my doctor had said it wasn't going to be a failed cycle. Mm -hmm. Not that she had a crystal ball and could have known that, but I don't think, I, I don't think infertility discriminates. I think, you know, obviously we know the facts about a woman's reproductive age, you know, and egg quality as she gets older. But I think if you have PCOS, you have PCOS, whether you're 27 or 37, it doesn't, matter and I don't think she should have set me up for having those unrealistic expectations right off the bat because every failed cycle then felt like a complete shock all over again to my system and 
I just started thinking, am I ever going to be a mom? Am I going to have to do IVF? You know, because at that point I was doing timed intercourse and then I moved on to IUIs and nothing was working. Mm. And so it was just devastation after devastation. And I, I always say I felt like I kind of learned the hard way, which I guess a lot of us do because we're not very educated from an early age about how all this works. But I really learned the hard way that it isn't always easy and learn the hard way that infertility is a process of trial and error. And it's not just a doctor can say, oh yeah, here's some Clomid, this is going to work for you. No, because your body might not respond the same way that other women with the same exact hormonal disorder might respond. So it's kind of everybody's different and it really is kind of a trial and error process. I think too many people also don't realize that there can be multiple factors and sometimes you don't know that there's multiple factors until one year, two years down the track until you've, you know, really exhausted a lot of testing. And so what about, I mean, you were still quite young. So what were your friends, I guess, doing in their stage of life at this time? So yeah, that's kind of why I started off saying I was only 27 because for the loneliness factor, that really played a part because none of my friends at the time were even, a lot of them weren't even married or in serious relationships, let alone trying to conceive. So there was no one my age that had been down that road. One of my friends from college had a baby at the time but she got pregnant immediately so she wasn't the person to talk to mm -hmm. so um I really and my mom had me when she was 20 and mm. never had trouble getting pregnant with my siblings or any of us so my mom has always been my best friend and sounding board but she couldn't really understand it to the extent that I needed her to even though she tried so it really was very isolating and and the fertility clinic is, you would think, oh, maybe I'll meet some people there, but that's even worse because no one even makes eye contact there. Everyone is just staring at their phones, hoping to get in and out of there as quickly as possible. So I really just found a complete lack of support and resources. And um, I didn't even think to go on social media because even though I was public within my friends and family and open about my journey, I, w I never thought, oh, there are people that post on Instagram about it. I don't know why. It just never occurred to me. So It never occurred to me. I mean, and I started my journey of trying to conceive eight years ago, so I don't even know that Facebook groups were really a thing. Uh, but you just don't, do you? Like you just don't think that there would be a lot of people doing things out there because also – I remember when I first started being really public with my journey and I just posted on my personal Facebook feed. And then the next minute I had all of these friends from high school and things like that messaging me saying me too. And I didn't know that like they, no one was posting on their personal feeds about it. From my perspective, all of my friends had pretty much had babies. So I could at least talk to them about ovulation and things if I needed but when you're young and carefree, like I did not understand the whole like 14 days ovulation and all of that stuff when I was younger. So I'm guessing that they, like you couldn't even really talk to them about, I have, you know, like irregular cycles and this is what's happening with my ovulation. They would have been like, 
and okay <laughs> exactly <laughs> and so how did you then and so talk, no first let's talk about your partner because you were still quite young was he just like meh we can wait um I think once we knew that we were up against a diagnosis we both kind of wanted to get the ball rolling because we didn't know when it was going to happen and it could have been a year or two down the line and we knew we had age on our side so that kind of led us to just kind of go into it right away but he was definitely more positive and optimistic I think the whole time. How did you then start the process of reaching out and finding things like podcasts and stuff like that? Was it just sort of like one day you woke up and went, you know what, I'm just going to look here or? You know what? I didn't really. I think I leaned on my friends and family and husband and therapist (laughs) more than anything. Um, But then I hit a point in my journey where I sort of felt sick of talking about it even to my closest friends and family and spouse and therapist I just felt like a broken record I felt like I just kept telling everyone bad news and I was sick of hearing myself talk about it I was sick of thinking about it I just wanted to cancel all my plans and be a homebody which is absolutely the opposite of my usual personality and I think, I mean, I I really didn't find a lot of resources and that's why I created the Fertility Tribe. Really, that's, that's the, the genesis of it because I wished that I had a way to connect to others that were going through a similar experience because it wasn't happening at the fertility clinic and my clinic didn't offer any support groups or any resources that I could find. I know some clinics are amazing at the resources that they provide, but mine wasn't. Um, And so, yeah, I just wanted to create a space where people could find others and connect and share experiences and stories because I really believe that the more we share our experiences, the more they become normalized. And the truth is that one in eight couples in the U.S., I don't really know all the statistics in Australia, but um, one in eight couples in the U.S. struggle um, with infertility. And so this is an extremely common experience, and yet it's not talked about enough. And so I really wanted to set out to create that change that I wanted to see. I feel a little bit almost like that's similar to me, is that I want to create the change that I want to see. And for me, it's been more about having that emotional support through infertility and I think sometimes in some respects I feel like we're putting too much burden on fertility clinics to say like you need to be providing all this stuff but then on the other token I think to myself well actually we don't expect always maybe you know like a barber to also be telling us about where to get our eyebrows done but on the same token these are the people who we know about who we're going to for help who we're spending like but outside of buying a house, what 
other expenses are there in your life that you will spend as much money on than what some people spend on their fertility journey? So in other respects, I'm like, no, they don't need to be put off the hook because, you know, we're spending so much money. So fucking put us in touch with people like do and also research is showing, you know, so what I do is mind body programs. Research has shown that mind body programs significantly increase your chances of conceiving. But research also shows that having community and having support and being active, active is the key word in a community can also impact your chances of conception as well, which everything is important, but also when people, when the goal is to bring a baby into a world, that's important. Can I just talk to you though, quickly on some of those points, I really want to talk to you about having a therapist back in like the 1960s or the 1970s when people were like, Oh yeah, I'm seeing a therapist. People might've been like, well, you're obviously cuckoo. Now anybody who sees a therapist will basically say that everybody, regardless of what mental state you're in, should probably have a therapist or something there for your emotional wellness. Did you start seeing a therapist before infertility? Or was it something that you sought out to help you cope during your process? So I've always struggled with anxiety on and off throughout my life. And in my early 20s, I really suffered from it. And so I found my first therapist then. And then I took a break from therapy for a little while and then found the need to go back during infertility. My one regret, though, was not finding a therapist that specialized in fertility issues. Um, and I think that this is the same issue that we just spoke about with um, other providers is that our fertility clinics don't really bridge that gap as well as they maybe should to connect people with the emotional support that they need on their journey. And so I just basically found any therapist that took my insurance um, and it was better than nothing. She definitely helped me through a lot of emotions, but I wish that I had had someone that kind of either had walked that path or just specialized in a little bit more. So I had a client talk to me on Monday. She has just completed the Fertility Warrior Intensive. She said she went to see a psychologist every week, every single week for two years. And then she's done my 12-week course night and day. And I don't think it's about like one person's mind, body, one person's psychology. I think it comes down sometimes to there's someone who gets it. And so sometimes, you know, like you'll see, I'll see people in fitness communities who will say, I'm struggling with cancer or I'm struggling with infertility. Sometimes you can't even compare with communities. There's something about the people who just get what you're going through. Can we talk a little bit more about so you said that, you know, props to you for finding a therapist. You said that your fertility clinic didn't really provide the resources that you were looking for. And then with your friends and family, like, and I think a lot of us go through this, you just kind of got sick of talking about it. Did you find that it was almost part science lesson, part people being super fucking nosy? I found that for me, bringing it up with family and friends almost being overly forward about it, at least in the beginning, kind of made the awkward nosiness and questions less. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like if 
my my dad from the minute I got married was asking when am I gonna have grandkids and my mother-in-law you know I know wanted grandkids so I felt like if I was super open about everything and shared the real the realities and the difficulties that I was going through with everyone then they wouldn't be as nosy or um they would at least try to understand on a deeper level than me just being kind of you know oh well we're having not giving as much detail like oh we're having Mm -hmm. trouble you know because then they almost want to give all the unsolicited advice in the world like have you tried this have you tried that (laughs) um so i found being very open kind of staved off those those really nosy unsolicited comments but but yeah it was still a struggle because at the end i just felt like i had to explain the science almost behind it all and i just i I almost was reliving it over and over every time mm-hmm. I got a failed cycle, then I had to tell eight people <laughs> about the failed cycle and why it failed and, or why we think it failed. And it just was very monotonous. And, um, even therapy towards the end, I felt like because the therapist didn't understand or hadn't been there before, I'm explaining it to her too. And it just was exhausting, um, on so many levels. I think that is like the all encompassing word for infertility is just the so exhausting. And so what, or did you find anything that you felt really helped you on your journey uh, in terms of that isolation, in terms of having someone that you can openly and honestly, I guess, download to? So my husband's cousin had gone through it about three years prior. And so she was my only person that I had, that I knew of that actually had walked the path and she was a lifesaver for me um she or oh i never forget the advice that she gave me one time when i had a failed cycle she said you're allowed to grieve you are mourning the loss of a child that you want to have in your life but you can't it's grieving like she almost gave me permission to grieve a negative pregnancy test as a loss not just as a failure, you know? Yeah. Uh, like I'm sure so many of us can relate to that. And so having that one person that you can rely on, everybody needs to have at least one person in their network that they can rely on, but you've obviously felt like something more is needed. And so that's where you've developed this, I guess, platform the fertility tribe and so so it's kind of like a free membership but there's a premium area as well what kind of things do you have in there and i guess you've already talked a little bit about the goals and what you want to achieve with it but can you tell us a little bit more about that platform absolutely so first and foremost we have our website which is an editorial site dedicated to sharing stories about infertility pregnancy loss adoption, surrogacy, donor egg, IVF, everything under the sun, every unique path to parenthood. We really want you to be able to come to our site and read and know that you're not alone, basically, and read stories from women and and men who have walked the walk. And a lot of them are still in the thick of it. uh, So you really can kind of, even if you aren't 
public with your journey, you can come to our site and and read and search donor egg IVF and read positive experiences. Because I think anyone who's sort of given a diagnosis that, okay, your egg quality is really poor, you need to use donor eggs. I think the thought of that, there's so many emotions behind that, that diagnosis and that step. And so to read a story from a woman who pursued donor egg IVF and has the most beautiful child that she says she could never imagine another child being her her own, you know, I think it, it really can uplift you during that difficult time. So that's our website. And then we just launched about a month and a half ago, our free infertility support community and app. So it's um, an app you can download. You can go to the fertilitytribe.com slash community and find all the information. Um, and then the app is really a place where you can connect with others who are going through similar experiences. So you can, you can find others dealing with the same diagnosis. You can search by topic. So IVF versus IUI versus um, donor eggs versus single mom by choice. There's everything you can imagine um, by topic in there. And then within that community, we have a premium option where we do um, exclusive events. We have all of our past event recordings available. We have um, resources um, and tips from registered dietitians. We have um, exclusive discounts on prenatal vitamins and fertility meds. So that's a really great space if you want to level up your infertility toolbox and and find a lot of great information on top of the connections. It really is. Um, it's growing and people are making friendships and it's it, we have monthly support groups and it's really just um whenever i almost cry every time we have a monthly support group because i'm like i wish i it's almost therapeutic to me even now and i'm technically on the other side of infertility so it's like i find myself sometimes getting emotional with it all because i suppose you just know how important some of these things are, like just how important it is and how much comfort people might be taking from certain things that sometimes, like me, I, I'm terrible with the emotions. So for somebody who is out there who is really just feeling isolated on their journey and really lonely, what are your tips for finding your fertility tribe, for want of a better word? You know, so I think a lot of, because our, our biggest platform is on Instagram. Um, and I think there's a lot of women who don't want to share publicly on their personal pages. So a lot of them actually create infertility Instagram accounts and it can be totally anonymous, but I think if you're open to it, it's a great way to sort of meet other people. You don't have to share any pictures of yourself, but just like being a part of a community and meeting other people. Um, but that is also the beauty of the new app that we have because I've heard some positive feedback from some members about how it kind of helps them to stay off social media mm -hmm. because social media mm -hmm. can be really great, but also on the other side of the coin, you know, there are some triggering pregnancy announcements. And so I think just finding a space, it doesn't have to be the fertility tribe, it could be a podcast you listen to or a um, 
support group in in real life or on Zoom now in in COVID age. But you know, just finding some sort of connection to either someone who's been there or someone that specializes in it, even if it's just a therapist that knows the emotional trauma that you go through when you're struggling to conceive, I think is just so important because you need to feel like your emotions are validated because I think, I don't know, there were points when I was trying to conceive and struggling that I felt, I thought to myself, why am I so upset? There are people that have cancer and there are people that are starving in the world. And, you know, that's all true, but that doesn't devalue your own feelings and emotions. And, you know, I think we all have this picture of how our lives or we want our lives to go. And infertility is the just destroyer of dreams when it comes to (laughs) when it comes to wanting to be picturing your life and wanting to have a child and wanting to be a mom and wanting you know to have your partner's child it really can the thought of not being able to fulfill that is devastating and I think that some well-meaning people can sort of make you feel like your emotions aren't valid but you need to really find your people who let you grieve the way you need to and let you feel the way you need to. And so you obviously, like, it's really hard when you receive this, like when you feel like you've received this calling because you just can't let it go. So you obviously feel like you've had this calling to create this community around fertility and infertility and for all of the different parts of parenthood. Yeah. I mean, it just didn't sit well with me. Like I said earlier that, you know, one and eight, couples struggle with this and it's so not talked about enough um you know there's this giant stigma and I mean one of my best friends right now she knows that I'm very active with the fertility tribe and she you know follows me on Instagram but she's very private about her journey and I almost feel her hesitant sometimes even talking to me about it and I'm an open book and there are so many people out there for every person who's totally engaged on Instagram. There's three others who are sitting in a fertility clinic waiting room, just hoping someone will smile at them. <laughs> so I really yearn to reach those people more than anything. Yeah. And you even know? I think sometimes people feel a bit nervous about engaging because they feel like, they already feel so shit that talking about it, engaging more things like that might remind them more. But my experience has been that for the most part, that's not the case. Like it doesn't make you feel worse. That's, I don't know about what your thoughts are, but my experience has been talking about it more or just engaging, or even if it's an anonymous account, like it certainly helps. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I think everybody will already know, but just in case, let's um, be super clear and tell them where. So where can people find you and where are you active and what have you got going on at the moment? So um, our website is uh, thefertilitytribe.com and on Instagram, it's thefertilitytribe. And um, you can go to thefertilitytribe.com slash community to find all all the information about our app and um, our premium membership. And that is where I think you can find all of the information, but we have a lot of great 
events coming up um, for our premium members. Next Saturday, the 15th, we have a fertility yoga class. On the 25th, we have a fertility finance um, event. So lots going on and there are tons of conversations happening in the free app. So if, you know, if that's where you want to start off and, and see if you can meet some women who are sharing similar experiences, there are so many conversations happening there. So um, I encourage you to join. So by app, do you mean like it sits on your phone? It's yes, like an app yeah. on your phone? Yeah, mm-hmm. just keeping it simple. Like, um, yeah. And so it sits on your phone. Do you get like push notifications or does it? Just, can you just yeah. open it when you want? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the link can be found on that community page on our website. Um, awesome. Because it's not like the Fertility Tribe app in the app store. It's on another platform. Um, so if you just head to www.thefertilitytribe.com slash community, you'll find the links, the information, and everything you need to know. Awesome. So are you ready for the speed round? Yeah. All right. So Kristen, tell us what book would you recommend everyone reads? So this is actually my sweet spot. My day job is in publishing. So books are my my heart. Um, so my book recommendation would be Wild by Cheryl Strayed yes. because it is such an amazing tale of overcoming adversity and um, it's just so beautifully written I can't even deal. <laughs> it, it's one of those books where you highlight phrases that you think you'll need to know later and post-it note all throughout that book. And do you have a favorite quote or affirmation? Yeah, so actually I pulled up one from Wild just because I need to read it out loud. It's so good. Yes. Yes. Um, I I knew that if I allowed fear to overtake me, my journey was doomed. Fear to a great extent is born of a story we tell ourselves. And so I chose to tell myself a different story from the one women are told. I decided I was safe. I decided I was strong. I was brave. Nothing could vanquish me. Oh, that's that's amazing. Um, <laughs> can I ask what was for dinner at your house tonight? We always need inspiration. Oh, well, we had we did a HelloFresh meal. Do you guys mm. have that in Australia? We do, yes. It, I oh, feel okay. like it's hitting the world by storm. I've never tried it, but so many people swear by it. So It kind of just takes the thinking out of recipe planning. <laughs> but tonight was um, grilled chicken with broccoli and garlic bread. Oh, nice. And if you have one, I guess, message that you could send to the fertility community, what would it be? Twofold. I would say find your tribe. And I would also say, take it one day at a time. Um, There were so many days where I felt like I couldn't keep going and the grief was too heavy to bear. And I say, take that time, take that day, take, cry all the tears, you know, let yourself feel the emotions, but then the next day is a new day. And, you know, you can part of the process, unfortunately, or fortunately is that you get to try again and you get to keep going. And if, if that's the path you want to take. So, um, so just one day at a time. And, and if you can conquer one day at a time, you can get through it. Absolutely. Kristen, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. You have created such an incredible platform and such incredible community for the infertility community. Um, So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for sharing your story and your wisdom. It's been an honor to have you here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. 
Thank you everyone for listening. We have seriously got a month of lots and lots of interviews and chatting with people coming up. So it's really exciting and I cannot wait for you to hear our future guests. Make sure you subscribe, make sure you give us a rating and a review so that if we're talking all today about community and other people finding us, one way to do that is by submitting a review and a rating for the podcast because that signals to like Apple that it's worth listening to and that other people should find it. So make sure you go and do that and make sure you're subscribed so that you get to take in all of the other wisdom from all of our other guests. Thanks for joining us and we will catch you next week. Oh, Nelly, don't go anywhere just yet. I need to tell you about a few more things before you go. The first one is that if you haven't signed up to my Ultimate Fertility Library, then you're missing out. I have a library of resources just for you and you can get access at robinburkin.com library. There are cheat sheets, ebooks, meditations, affirmations and so much more and it's all free. Head to robinburkin.com library to get access today. And lastly, warrior, I'm not a doctor or a dietitian or a financial advisor. I'm me. And this information is for information and inspirational purposes only, based on my own experiences. So please don't substitute the information in this podcast for professional healthcare, financial or other advice. Always consult your own professionals first. And know that in the world of trying to conceive, there are no guaranteed pregnancy or other outcomes. If you'd like to know more about my terms and conditions, head to my website at robinburkin.com. Thank you so much for listening and I will catch you next week.